You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Hello. Hi, it's Chris Cohen from the Australian Pink Floyd Show. How are you doing, buddy? I'm not too bad. How are you? Fantastic, my friend. Are you uh, guys already out on the road and on tour? That's right, yeah, we've got a show in San Diego tonight, so uh, it's all systems go at the minute. All right, fantastic. What was the very first Pink Floyd song that you remember hearing? Because I remember I was six years old, and I heard Another Brick in the Wall Part Two, and those kids singing We Don't Need No Education, and I've never looked back. So what was the first Pink Floyd song that you heard? Um, it was Arnold Lane. Oh, I, wow. Um, I, I, yeah, it was the, the Relics album that came out. Um a family member left a copy of it um, at our house. And me and my brother used to share a bedroom. So he used to put it on because he used to like to listen to Interstellar Overdrive and turn the lights off and scare me to death when I was a kid. <laughs> and I was about your age, five or six, you know? So, uh, yeah, I was in, a, in in at the beginning, as it turns out, with Arnold Lane. Yeah, you got started with the Sid Barrett years, which most people, um, you know, a lot of big Pink Floyd fans know about Sid Barrett, but they don't go all the way back to those Sid albums. So, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't know that they did Another Brick in the Wall or Money or Comfortably Numb until a lot later. I just knew that album, and then I heard, first heard Dark Side when I was about 15, so I was kind of late to the party with that stuff. But once I sort of discovered uh, Echoes and the Live at Pompeii concert, I was in, like, writing, hardcore, bootleg collecting, video collecting super fan <laughs> yeah that live at pompeii is uh is epic from start to finish for sure do you have a favorite album or favorite song throughout the entire pink floyd catalog yeah it's um my favorite song is echoes because of that pink floyd uh, at pompeii concert and my favorite album is metal because that's the, that's the album that um echoes is on so and there's nothing wrong with all the others but it's just that that's the one I would, if I was in the car and I was going to put a Pink Floyd album on, it would be that one, definitely. I, I got to say, then, you are definitely a, a rare Pink Floyd fan because most people don't go that far back. Um, you know, everybody goes Dark Side of the Moon, The Wall, or, or even uh, Momentary Lapse of Reason, but to go all the way back to Echoes, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, I guess it's just what you hear first, really, is always going to be, you know, our, our bass player, Ricky, he first heard a live version of Comfortably Numb from the 80s, and then he discovered and he was in kind of from 87 onwards and people just you know they hit it at different times at different periods of the catalog at different points in their life really i remember my older brother who was a big influence on me musically and played a lot of these songs for me he's the one that he we were on a road trip and he handed me his walkman with a cassette in there and i i I think it was Adam Hart Mother. I'm not 100% sure of the album, but... Oh, wow. Yeah, cool. he was like, you have to listen to uh, dozens of furry woodland creatures gathered together in a grove and grooving with a pict or whatever in, in stereo uh, headphones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah it, that's on Umagumma. That's on Umagumma. Umagumma, that's yeah. it, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. listening to that in headphones was kind of like uh, my first drug-free acid trip when I was, I don't know, 10 years old listening to that in headphones. It was really cool. <laughs> Yeah, it's certainly unique in the catalogue, that track. It's, um, 
Yeah, I mean, I love Umma Gummer. I think it's a great album. It's where they're really experimenting and really pushing the boundaries of, um, you know, what, al- what what you could stick on an album, really. You know, um, yeah, good on them for doing that. I love the experimental period of Floyd. I think it's brilliant. Do you guys ever do any of those earlier albums? Um, obviously, you do Dark Side of the Moon, Momentary Lapse, Division Bell, all that. Do you get to go into that old catalogue? Yeah, we do. I mean, obviously this year we're doing we're focusing on Dark Side of the Moon with it being the 50th anniversary. So we're playing all of that album in its entirety, uh, front to back, as you guys say. And we're doing um, we're doing a whole host of other stuff. We always try and stick a Sid Barrett track in there, uh, whether it's Arnold Lane or Siemley Play or Astronomy or something like that. Um, we touch upon the pre-Dark Side era with things like One of These Days. Um, we've in the past we've done Careful with That Axe Eugene, and we've done Cymbaline some things off Obscured by Clouds. But, um, yeah, we do touch on the early stuff, but we touch on everything. You know, we've got to, you know, with the band having the reputation it's got, you've got to present an evening of Pink Floyd and cover, you know, tick every box for all the eras. You know, regardless of this year being focusing on Dark Side, there's still room for all those other brilliant songs from all those, you know, those iconic albums. When you're doing some of those main Pink Floyd tracks that were the Gilmore and Roger Waters years, uh, you're a main vocalist for the band. So do you do the Gilmore side or the Waters side, or do you switch it up? I do both, yeah. I do. Um, I cover I cover Gilmore and Waters, uh, and Ricky, our bass player, he and I sometimes will, for instance, in time, I will sing the verses as the, the Gilmore voice, and then he'll do the Richard Wright you know, the tide of lying in the sunshine. And then I'll come in and sing the harmony, which is Rick Wright voice on the album. So I'm kind of covering that as well. So I do both. I do Rick when it's needed, and I do Sid when it's needed. So, But Ricky's the same. Ricky can sing some Roger stuff, and he can sing some Gilmore stuff. It just depends, or Rick Wright, it just depends who's who's the best man for the job kind of thing. And Dave, our guitarist, he, he does backing vocals as well in several songs. Him and I sing in unison on certain tracks. And, yeah, it's kind of... There's um there's a lot of um, how can I put it there's a lot of people who can sing in the band so there's lots of uh, lots of tools in the shed in the toolkit kind of thing so it's um, we, we can cover a lot of ground between the three of us. You guys also actually have and use the flying pig from the Pink Floyd Division Bell tour. How did you guys get their actual flying pig? It's, it's actually not their pig. Oh, okay. Um, it's kind of a recreation, I think. They did have. I'm, 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 I've heard that. I've heard this story in the past. I think they may have had that. Don't quote me on that. But I did hear once that a pig was stolen. So I'm not sure from us. I don't know quite what the backstory is. Before my, I've been in the band eight years. I was way back. But um, yeah, we have our own pig. We've got Skippy, the 26 foot inflatable kangaroo that we've got in the middle of the stage there, and. Uh, yeah, it's, it's all bells and whistles with our show. We've got lasers and the big light show and the video screen. It's, um, yeah, um, it is a Pink Floyd concert, essentially, you know, but uh, with an Australian tint, should we say, or an Australian, an Australian taste. So you've actually got a guy who stands uh, offstage somewhere flying the pig over the audience or the, the, um, the rabbit over the audience? Um, it's done from the stage, so it's not over the audience, but there is a guy whose job is... Uh, He's in charge of all the inflatables, so he's uh, he's our inflatables guy. But he does other jobs as well. But yeah, there is there is one guy who's in charge of those, and uh, he always points out, right, don't walk that way when you come off, or you'll bump into the teacher. All right, okay, you know, and don't stand there because there's lasers and. <laughs> and- <laughs> 
I'm just a singer. I'm a very small cog in a very, very big machine. That's how I look at it. But you, there's so much stuff on stage that you have to avoid and not trip over. That's got to be a good time as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes you forget and you go the wrong way. And you go, oh, God, I've got to go back this way now. And you feel like you look a bit stupid or whatever. But it doesn't, you know, these things happen, you know, one or two times a year. You know, so it's not like we're, uh, you know, Laurel and Hardy on stage or something. <laughs> now, you guys are doing, uh, like you said, focusing a little bit on the 50th anniversary of Dark Side of the Moon. Uh, but the band is well known for traveling with a very similar stage set up to the Division Bell and Momentary Lapse tours with Mr. Screen and the Intellibeam lights. Are you still using those and just you doing Dark Side of the Moon graphics with it? Yeah, I mean, the, the video screen back in the day would have been a projector onto some kind of... Uh, material like a canvasy type thing but now as, as technology has improved it's a it's a you know it's a video wall in a circle basically with uh with all the lights around the circle um i mean the thing about floyd were, floyd was that they were always on the cutting edge of technology as it um as it progressed throughout the 70s well even the 60s 70s 80s and 90s uh and obviously uh, when this band began back in 88, the equipment they would have had now would seem quite outdated because we're always looking to improve, uh, move with the times, get modern equipment. Um, obviously, everyone knows that kind of the big circle screen showing the films. Um, and you, you you come to expect that, but you don't have to do it with projectors and you know old technology. It's a lot, it's a lot more transportable. And also, these things need to stay up to the rigors of being chucked in and out of a truck or several trucks uh, every night. I mean, as I'm talking to you now, I'm watching the crew unload the, the cases and the you know, row cases and fill up the stage at the gig in San Diego. And it amazes me how quickly it can be done and how quickly it can be put away again at the end of the night. And this equipment has to stand up to that kind of treatment, really. I read uh, on your Wikipedia page that you guys are the first band to ever use something called stereoscopic or stereographic 3D. What is that? Because it sounds awesome. Oh, uh, the 3D thing was back in, it was just before I joined, they did a, a tour where at certain points in the evening, uh, the audience, I think something would appear on the screen and the audience would wear glasses and then the, the film on the screen would appear 3D. Um mm. Um, not, I'm not. We don't do that anymore. But um, I did read once that Kiss did something like that once on a, on a tour. I think Kiss did a, some sort of 3D tour thing once. I'm, I'm a bit of a Kiss fan on the quiet. You know, you can't really say that around some people because they're trying to sniff it. You know, <laughs> well, what, what Kiss? But you know, I'm, I'm a massive, you know, massive fan of Kiss. But yeah, I'm sure they did a 3D uh, 3D thing once on screen. So I'm I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure. But yeah, as I say, it was before my time. So. Uh, I can't really help you on that one. I actually, uh, I just saw Kiss live, I think about six months ago uh, here in Tampa, and they put in an amazing stage show for sure. And I'll be honest, not the biggest Kiss fan, not going to hold it against you at all, but I have absolute utmost respect for the guys for the production that they put on stage because I'm a huge fan of big stage lights and sound production, the overall event, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I missed out on the, the the end of the road tour. Uh, I had tickets with my daughter. My eldest daughter's a huge Kiss fan, and it was the first kick, kick, uh, concert she ever saw. She was five, and I took her to see Kiss. And um, we were both going to go, but then we had some extra festival dates put on the first leg of the U.S. tour, so I, I couldn't go. So she took her boyfriend, who didn't know anything about Kiss, 
and I think he had his mind blown <laughs> and, <laughs> and his ears as well. Yeah, he, he couldn't believe what he was seeing. You know, what? why is this guy on a zip line going out into the crowd? And why is he up in the air? And what's going you know. <laughs> right. Well, I, yeah, I tell yeah. you what, if we know Kiss at all, you didn't miss their farewell tour because they'll do another three or four of those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, they've, you know, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're 50 years into their career now, I guess. So, um they're still putting on a fantastic show, which is wonderful to uh, wonderful to see. Australian Pink Floyd going to be at Ruth Eckerd Hall on September 1st. Chris Barnes, thanks for taking the time to call in today. And hopefully I will be at the show uh, and hopefully we'll bump into each other backstage or something and say hi and you can show me around all your yeah. cool equipment. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. We love playing in Clearwater. It's fantastic. It's one of our favorite venues at Ruth Eckert Hall, definitely. Well, yeah, then uh, when you guys get to town, maybe I'll pop in a little early and we'll do like a, a social media Facebook Live or something and you can show everybody all the cool stuff you play with. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, just, just you know, get in touch with people. It's above my pay grade, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks so much for taking the time today, my friend. Uh, have a great show in San Diego, and we'll see you in just a couple weeks. Okay, cool. Thanks for having me. Have, have a good one, buddy. See you now.